This is Finally Free, a podcast for those sick of battling their bodies, sick of fearing food and the number on the scale, sick of punishing exercise all in the pursuit of diet culture's version of health and wellness. I'm Alana Vandersloos, a certified intuitive eating counselor, eating disorder survivor, and the founder of Freedom with Food and Fitness, where I offer group coaching for women who are ready to heal their relationship with food in their bodies and become their healthiest, happiest, most confident selves without ever having to go on another diet. On this podcast, you will hear me answer your biggest questions around how to become a successful intuitive eater. You'll hear inspiring stories of other women on their food freedom journeys, those who are recovering, those who are recovered, and those who are helping others to do the same. I'll teach you how to quiet that incessant voice in your head telling you you're not enough, how to find peace and satisfaction with food again, how to embrace the one and only body you have with fitness you enjoy so you can move through this world with confidence. Are you ready to be finally free? Before we get started, I want to remind you of everything I have to offer with Freedom with Food and Fitness. First, I offer group coaching. My 10-week intuitive eating coaching program is called Defy the Diet, and it blends intuitive eating principles and mindset work in a hybrid format that blends group and private coaching to give my clients amazing results. My summer cohort client, Adriana, had this to say about me as a coach. Alana's helped me develop a healthy relationship with food and helped me to uncover the root causes of my disordered eating. She's very open and honest about her own struggles in her journey, which empower me and the other ladies in the group to have deep conversations about the challenges and pressures we face from diet culture in our society. Uh, it's testimonials like that that seriously make everything I do for my clients worth every second. If you're someone who wants true mental and physical health without restriction and obsession, stop overeating. Find consistency in nutrition, movement, and self-care, and take the guilt out of wellness, this program is for you. If you're ready for your ticket to food freedom, we have rolling admission into the program, but since we offer the program only four times a year, we can only enroll people into a certain cohort by a certain date. So if you want to get into the program ASAP, fill out an application and schedule a call with me at freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash discover. We'll talk all about your current struggles, flesh out those goals, and create a clear step-by-step roadmap we'll travel together to finally get you to those goals. We have a brand new coach coming on board and five new Defy the Diet package options to help make this program more supportive than ever. An insanely effective program tailored to your needs and budget. Spots that include one-to-one coaching are limited, so again, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash discover to apply today. If you're not quite ready for coaching, check me out on Instagram at Freedom with Food and Fitness. There, I have exclusive blog posts, free intuitive eating worksheets and videos, and so much more. Just one more thing before we get started. I have two brand new masterclasses for you guys. The first is a free masterclass called Intuitive Eating, Separating Fact from Fiction. So if you're an intuitive eating newbie who's just trying to figure out if intuitive eating is your next step to healing your relationship to food and your body, this new masterclass will go in depth into why dieting never seems to work for you, the 10 principles of intuitive eating, and five false myths about intuitive eating so we can set the record straight and get you on a path to guilt-free and sustainable nutrition and movement. If you're interested in this free 40-minute masterclass, go to bit.com. Dot ly slash intuitive eating freedom. That's bit. 
bit.ly slash intuitive eating freedom. The second masterclass is called Am I Addicted to Sugar? How to Feel in Control Around Sugar Without Saying Goodbye to Sugar. This masterclass is for anybody who, like I used to, feels like they can't trust themselves around sugar, is always binging on sugar, but doesn't want to have to give it up cold turkey. I'll teach you the science behind why you feel like you're addicted to sugar, whether or not sugar is actually bad for your health, and five actionable strategies to befriend sugar in a way that heals your relationship to it without having to say goodbye to it forever. This course also comes with a workbook of over 30 pages that allows you to implement the five strategies into your life as soon as today so that you can heal your relationship to sugar for good. A replay copy of this 50-minute masterclass and the workbook is only $47. So if you're looking to heal your relationship to food and you feel like healing your relationship to sugar is your first step, this masterclass is for you. So to register, visit bit.ly slash healing sugar relationship. That's bit.ly slash healing sugar relationship. And if you forget either or both of those links, they are on my Linktree link that is on my Instagram page. Hello, everybody. Welcome springtime. If you are in the Northern Hemisphere, winter is finally leaving us and we're getting that sense of renewal, that sense of birth that is inherent when it comes to spring. And I couldn't be happier that this conversation is coming out to you in the springtime because I think it's wonderful when I have a guest on who is very similar to me in terms of what they do with intuitive eating because it kind of reinforces and and strengthens the ideas that I have for you guys, the beliefs I have for you guys. But it's it's almost like a rebirth of those ideas when you hear it coming from somebody else in the space because not only do you get to you know reaffirm that your ideas are good ideas that serve your community, which is something I always hope to do with you guys, but at the same time she has, our guest today has a different way of explaining things, the same things, but in a different way. And sometimes, as we know on this journey, we need to hear things a million different ways and come at the same ideas from a million different angles before they really stick or before we have that aha moment that we need to take the next step on our journey. So um, it was a, a bit of a, a rebirth of some of the ideas that I already share with you guys. And that's perfect for our rebirth of spring. So today's guest is Lara Days. Lara Days is a certified intuitive eating coach, a nutrition coach, personal trainer, yoga instructor, and sports nutritionist who is on a mission like I am to dismantle the diet industry and empower people to live their happiest, healthiest, most confident lives. Lara focuses on helping you improve your mindset, unlearn your past conditioning, and trust your body so that you can find food freedom ditch diet culture, and step into your power. The work we do uh, won't always change your relationship with your body. It will change the way you show up in every aspect of your life, which is something that I've spoken to you guys about as well, this idea that the tools and the strategies and the mindset that I've learned throughout my journey of finding food freedom through intuitive eating and recovering from my eating disorders has also applied to so many areas of my life from the way I approach um, not only my own mental health, but my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my friends and family, my relationship to my son as his mother. Um, it applies in so many different ways. So, so you know, investing in 
this journey, this intuitive eating journey is so much more than just healing your relationship to food and your body. And I know so many people think, you know, it's it's not financially worth it to just work on my relationship to food and my body. It's not that important. It's only one aspect of my life. It's selfish to invest in healing those parts of my life. But in reality, those tools and tips and tricks that I teach you and people like Laura teach you, they apply to all areas of your life. And some of the things that we focus on specifically in this conversation are how society has conditioned women not only to pursue shrinking their bodies physically, but also as kind of an undercurrent agenda, um, its purpose is to shrink us in our entire lives um, so that we sit down, shut up, and look pretty. So we talk a lot about that, and we talk a lot uh, in this episode about um, the messages that we tell ourselves, um, the stories, the old stories that we've held on to and kept and continue to tell ourselves about ourselves and how those stories can keep us stuck and how we can rewrite those stories uh, into stories that better serve us and um, help us attain our greater purpose. So without further ado, because I don't want to give too much of it away before you actually hear the conversation. It's so good. It's so rich. You're going to get so much out of it. Um, So without further ado, here is my conversation with Laura Days. Well, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, oh, there's so much that we need to dive into. And I know we have some ideas of what we want to talk about. But let's just see where the conversation goes. I love um, it. I'm going to, there will obviously be an intro to this, but why don't you, in your own words, tell everybody who you are. So I'm Laura Days. I am currently in Dallas, Texas, and I have had a, I'll, I'll keep my story short. It's rather, rather twisty and turny. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm originally from Iowa City, Iowa, grew up doing sports and music, went to school for music, both my undergrad and my master's uh, performance and education. And um, through all of that was an athlete. I played college softball. I played volleyball, tennis. I ran. Um, and after grad school, I realized that I had like no idea how to take care of myself because I had only played organized sports. And so that's kind of when I started experimenting with different ways of eating and different ways of moving my body and got um, mostly annoyed, I think at the fact that I had made it that far as an athlete with like no idea how to eat. Um, so I did my precision nutrition level one certification and started working with clients really didn't know what I was doing. And in an, a string of experiences and events that was 2019, um, now am starting 2023 as a certified intuitive eating counselor have completely shifted the way that I work with my clients. Um, But really, I think the work stemmed from my own frustrations around like, I don't really know anything. This is weird. Like it it felt unacceptable to me that I didn't know anything. Um, And also like questionable relationship with movement at, at varying points during my journey. And so here we are. That's fantastic. So, so would it be fair to say that you're new to the intuitive eating space in that capacity? 
I think if you keep the perspective around the fact that intuitive eating has technically been around since 1996, then yes, definitely, definitely in that regard. Um, I will say out of a three and a half year coaching practice, um, about a year of that has been centered mostly around intuitive eating. Um, but over the past year is really kind of where I've shifted. And what's interesting is that before I had read the book, I think I read it about a year ago. It was like February or March of 2022. Um, people would ask me based on just the way that I talked about my work with my clients, the way that I talked about food and movement, people would ask me if I like taught intuitive eating or if that's how I coached. And I was like, no, I don't really know what that is. And then once I read the book, I was like, oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess I kind of was, I just didn't know that I was. Okay. So, so it, it, it wasn't that big of a shift. It was kind of like, you kind of innately knew what you were doing. I eventually, it was a gradual shift because when I first started coaching, I was coming from this background in sports and performance. I did CrossFit. I did Olympic weightlifting. I was running. And so it was really from the mindset of like fuel for performance. Um, and I also hadn't been, um, introduced to any of the research around that, that basically separates weight from health. And so when I started my coaching practice, I was just doing what I saw everyone else doing and taking progress photos of clients and having them do weigh-ins. It was all very education focused. Like they were learning about food and we weren't necessarily doing any sort of rigid tracking. But what I started to see was that people were really discouraged if like they didn't think the pictures looked different enough. And it was like, they couldn't focus on all of the things that they were doing well because the photos looked the same or the scale hadn't moved. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really like, that doesn't feel good for either of us because I'm seeing all this progress in their mindset and in their behaviors and in their habits. And they're not able to see past this like thing that doesn't mean anything. So I kind of stopped at that point doing much measuring and photos, if anything, like now I obviously don't do any of it. Sure. Um, but kind of started tending away from that and also just started to see that like, even when people were gaining the knowledge around food and nutrition and bodies, there were still blocks. And I was like, okay, well then what else is there, right? Like what else is going on? And so it was probably about a year in that I really started digging a little bit farther and truly coaching my clients because I, I have a big qualm with people who call themselves coaches and don't actually coach, right? They're just giving information and telling people, hey, these are like, this is what you should do. And then hoping that they do it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a gradual transition and I still use a lot of nutrition education um, software. Like my intuitive, I have a, a strictly intuitive eating program. And then I have another program that has like this whole educational component to it as well that I, I don't call intuitive eating because it's like principle 10 on steroids. Right. And it's not an even dispersion of like, is that a word dispersion disbursement? Sure. Sure. The English well, teacher doesn't know, but sure. <laughs> oh yeah. We talked about that too. I was an English teacher for two years and I'm like, is that a word? <laughs> later we'll find out we'll we'll google it um dr google will come through but yeah so like 
I, I would say I don't strictly, I, I also coach F45 and like, I have some problems with the brand and things that they focus on and, um, we can only do so much, but I do, I would say that, you know, having ever since I read intuitive eating, I have been a huge proponent for intuitive eating. And I think there are very few people who wouldn't thrive adopting an intuitive eating lifestyle. hundred percent. hundred percent. I want to go back to something that you said about the blocks, the mental blocks, like they know logically the science, what they're supposed to be doing, that their weight isn't, you know, directly related to their health. Like it's not, you know, a one-to-one correlation. What are those blocks? What do you typically see? Yeah. It's of course, this specific block is going to be different from client to client, but I think it really comes down to um, their beliefs about themselves and the stories that they're telling themselves. So for example, a lot of, I just heard a client say today, um, I'm the kind of person who thrives with routine. I said, cool. What else is like, what else is going on here? What's the other part of this story? And he and I eventually got to, oh, the other part of the story is that I cannot thrive unless I have a routine. And so that turns into this, like, if there's no routine, I can't do anything. And I, I spiral and things are crazy. And it's like, let's look at what, how we need to rewrite that story so mm-hmm. that it is actually empowering for you and gets you where you want to go. So we changed his story from I'm someone who thrives with routine and cannot function without it to, I am someone who prefers to have a routine, but can also thrive without one. And so looking at those stories we're telling ourselves and rewriting them and just saying like, you know, we, I'm sure you hear things like, um, I don't have enough willpower or, um, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who works out or, and it's like this identity, the story wrapped up in who we are as a person, right? Like let's unravel that a little bit and pick a more empowering story. So like I said, each person's story is usually a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but you've got to figure out what the story is that they're telling themselves and rewrite that so that it's something that's actually empowering and that is going to support them. Right. And I'm so happy that you said that because a lot of people are just like, no, no, just give me the tips to eat intuitively, but also low key lose weight. You know, it's always, Uh (laughs) and, and it's, that's why, that's why people need coaches is because they can't see past their own story because it's all they've ever known. Totally. And like disclaimer, I have my own coach because we, I can't see past my own story sometimes. Right. Like if we don't, if we don't have someone else acting as our mirror, it can be really hard to like see the full picture and to zoom out and get out of our own like mind drama. So like, there's nothing wrong with needing a coach. It's a really useful tool. Yeah. I I literally just saw my therapist today. Like we, like we need therapists, we need coaches, we need somebody objectively to hold space for us. And like you said, find the blind spots. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. So, um, you, you were, we were talking before about cognitive dissonance and the, how we see that in the relationship 
with our bodies. Can you talk a little bit more about that and about what cognitive dissonance is? Yeah. So fun fact, I actually didn't know this until <laughs> Instagram. I made a little reel about cognitive dissonance, which dissonance basically just means a uh, conflict and cognitive, of course, is relating to our brain and thoughts. And so um, <clears throat> cognitive dissonance might mean we hold a belief really firmly and then we see some pretty convincing research or proof or evidence otherwise. And like, we might not, that feels really conflicting because we hold this belief as truth and we're seeing a different truth. And that is what creates that cognitive dissonance. So an example of that would be um, when I first started reading the research around like losing weight does not automatically make someone healthier because I had experiences otherwise. And what was interesting is I started thinking about experiences that did actually prove that research and how when I was at my leanest, I was not at my healthiest. Nope. Uh, but the funny, the fun fact is that I posted this reel on Instagram and my mom, my parents are both psychologists. My dad does not have, does not have Instagram. He's 76, but my mom responded and said, you probably have no idea that my PhD dissertation was on cognitive dissonance. And I oh was like, I sure didn't. And then I like got really insecure and I was like, was I right? Like, was my real, was it accurate? Like, was it okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. So funny. But it was, it was so it was a good reel. She said, got the stamp of approval, but props to you. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I think that, I think a lot of people who understand what intuitive eating is logically and are kind of starting their journey. I think there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that happens and it's, it feels very uncomfortable and it feels very frustrating because you're in this, this nebulous gray area where, you know, you can't diet anymore. You know, that doesn't work for you but you don't totally buy into this, this other reality that you could have. And I think sometimes people get stuck and they start, they start leaning toward confirmation bias. They start mm -hmm. wanting to look for things that already fit the narrative that they already believe in. So it becomes very hard to believe anything that us as intuitive eating coaches are saying, it's hard to believe that your weight and health aren't intrinsically related. It's hard to believe that you could be at a weight set range without a diet. It's hard to believe all of those things. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And like confirmation bias makes sense. I'm like very guilty. I, when people argue with me on the internet, I of course just go look at things that prove my point. Right. I will eventually go look at other things, but like yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And ultimately, if we want, if we truly want the freedom, we, we have to buy in, like we just have to. Yeah. And we have to be strong enough to do it. And we have to be loud enough to take up the space to say, this is going to be my journey. Mm -hmm. But as we were talking about before, diet culture wants us to play small. Totally. And we were talking about how that shows up in a lot of different ways. So would you mind walking us through how we see that? Yeah. So man, this shows up in, in so many ways, this idea of shrinking to fit into these like pretty little boxes with a bow on top. 
Um, it's really interesting. Sometimes as someone who studied music and education, I'm like, what, well, how in the world am I doing this work? At the same time, if I like go back in time and I look at who I was, even as a kid doing, um, I actually just made a post about this on it on Instagram. Like I did sports and music. I didn't fit into one box or the other. Mm -hmm. I celebrated Christmas and Hanukkah. I didn't fit into a box there either. I, as I got older, dated men and women didn't fit into it. Like I spent my whole life not ever fitting into the pretty little boxes and thinking I was so weird. And now as a coach, it's really, it's really cool because I get to be a walking permission slip for my clients to not have to fit into those boxes. And they, what's so so an example, you would ask for examples and I like totally went off on a separate little path here, but <laughs> an, an example of this like idea of shrinking, it, it's not necessarily in terms of, of size, though that's very applicable to this conversation as well. It's also just in terms of like compliance and fitting into there's a whole school of thought around diet culture being rooted in the patriarchy. And I mean, if we've read fearing the black body, we know it's rooted in racism and like these social constructs that want us, especially as women to like follow the rules and be, be compliant and be meek and whatever. And I, I've had some clients who I've said, you know, like, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And they just break down and cry because they have no idea. They've never thought about it before. Mm -hmm. I had someone else who's actually a coach. Um, I'm in a um, health coaching program right now to that's like a board certification course. And we were doing breakout groups and she said something to me. I must've mentioned like my husband and she was like, oh, I don't know if you have kids yet, but... And that always irks me because it's yes. like the expectation that of course we would be having kids. Well, later in the conversation, um, I, I had mentioned like, no, we don't actually want to have kids. And she said, so I didn't actually know that was a choice. Like, I just thought that you went to school and then you got married and then you had babies. Wow. She goes, I don't, I don't actually like being a mom. And I didn't know I had a choice. And I was like, oh my God. But like, this is an example of just doing the things because we feel like we're supposed to do the things. And I feel like that happens with dieting too. It's like, oh, everyone's trying to lose weight. I guess I'm, that was me in college. I had no interest in losing weight, but all my friends were doing these weird things. And I, I was again, the weird one, right? So I was like, sure, I guess I'll drink this metabolism boosting tea and not eat lunch. Like, <laughs> you know, like I was like, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Like everyone else is dieting. So I'm supposed to diet. Isn't that uh, sad though, that like we're, we're socialized as women to not have an actual life purpose other than to diet and to be the good girl and to sit down and shut up isn't like and I'm totally with you with the whole expectation of having kids as a woman and my story was a little bit different we had trouble conceiving it took us a year and a half and in that year and a half I would have 
well-meaning people being like, so when are you going to, why are you guys going to have kids? Are you going to try to have kids? And I wanted to be like, bitch, I'm trying. trying. I'm trying. And it's so upsetting. And, you know, and now of course I have one and everybody's always like, when are you having the next one? I'm like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, just this idea that this conformity, like, Mm. I, I was having a call with another client and I had, I asked her a similar question. Like what, I was like, what's your dream? And she like said something very meek, like meek. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like dream big, like the craziest thing you can think of. And she paused and then she looked at me and she goes, well, when I was little, I really wanted to run an animal sanctuary. And I was like, that's amazing. And she goes, I haven't thought about that in years. And I was like, oh my God, but why, like what happens to us? You know, like we, I use this example with, with uh, some clients earlier today. I talk about um, the difference between being a con the conscious creator of your life and therefore our relationship with food and our body. Right. And just being a pinball. And so many people are pinballs and they're just letting the world shoot them wherever they go. And they're like, okay, I guess I'm going this way now. And it's like, no, you can choose. Yeah. It is a conscious decision, right? Like intuitive eating, as you already said, is like really hard. So it's not something that you just say like, oh, that sounds cool. Maybe I'll try it. Like (laughs) you should be committed to it in order for it to work. Yeah. And and I I, I phrase it a little bit different, but it's like, it's the difference between being proactive in your life and reactive. Like if you're just reacting to everything as, as, you know, it's coming at you instead of planning your life, it looks a lot differently. And that's, yeah, we're, we're, we're told that our dreams are silly and they're not practical or whatever the case may be. So we kind of lose those. And when we diet, I mean, I can speak for myself in terms of my eating disorders. I had so much brain fog and preoccupation with my weight and what I was putting in my mouth that I didn't have that much more brain space to, to dream big or to think about what I wanted to do. And I look at my career, it was, you know, I was in my 20s, so it was my early career. I look at my career then, and I look at my trajectory now, and it's so different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said something about not having the brain space to think about your dreams. And like, that's exactly what I think of when I think about dieting and even just like preoccupation with food, like the, I don't know that I'm all the way bought in and that like diet culture is like only because of the patriarchy, but it does make sense that like, yeah. If we are tired and hungry and distracted thinking about food and thinking about how our clothes are fitting us, then we're not asking for raises. We're not applying for, for the job as CEO. We're like, what are we not doing? And it doesn't even have to be something big like that, right? Like it could be starting an animal sanctuary. (laughs) What are we not doing because we are tired and hungry and distracted all the time? Right. And, and not only are we tired, hungry, and distracted all the time, we have no self-confidence to ask for that raise, to be oh, that yeah. CEO. We don't think we deserve it. Right. 
Right. And we put everybody else before us and we get to be put last. And I see that a lot with clients, this idea that's like self-care or even, or even joining an intuitive eating program, working with one of us. It's like, I don't have the time or I don't have the money. And I'm like, like, it's because you're putting yourself last most of totally. the time. Totally. I, I have to pivot the conversation because I'm looking at two questions that I'm dying to ask you and we're okay. already running out of time. And they're like totally not related. I, I like a fluid conversation, but I have to do this. So you're also a yoga instructor, correct? Yes. Okay. I hear this a lot. Um, what would you say to people who say that they're in a body that's too large for yoga? That's not possible. Tell me more. So yoga has been very whitewashed, um, by our culture. And I think that a lot of people see yoga as like doing the splits and doing arm balances and folding into a pretzel. And like, first of all, I'm pretty sure Jessamine Stanley can do all of those things. But second of all, that's not required for yoga. Like yoga is truly just the practice of connecting your mind and your body and connecting with your breath and practicing still it's it's essentially moving meditation mm. so there's this whole practice of yoga called yin yoga where you're going into it's my least favorite because i have to sit still if we're being honest i like never <laughs> go because it's about getting into basically like a stretch just like a little bit of a stretch and holding it there and breathing into that discomfort and being getting comfortable with the stillness and the stretch, right? That doesn't require any sort of specific body type. Um, I, I say the same thing when someone tells me they're not flexible enough for yoga. I'm like, are you, are you too slow to run? Are you too weak to lift? Like that doesn't make sense. Like we do that. We do it to get better. Um, but regarding body size, like you might need to make modifications but if you're with a good yoga instructor, that should be happening automatically. And we have to make modif modifications for other things all the time. I oh, had yeah. uh, four people in my class last week who needed modifications. Two of them had shoulder injuries. One of them was pregnant and one of them was hungover. If, like if we can modify for those reasons, why can't we modify for body size or body shape? hundred percent. I just wanted, I wanted your voice out in the universe saying those things <laughs> to the people that follow me so that they can stop telling themselves and me that they can't do yoga or they can't do some other, because I hear a lot. I don't feel comfortable enough in my body at this weight to do X, Y, Z. And I think that a lot of the time that's more of a mental block than anything else. Totally. And the, I have two more questions because there's, there's the one I ask everybody, but there's one more specifically for you. I was, I was scrolling through your Instagram and I saw that you are an avid reader, which I guess makes sense since you taught English. So, okay. Um, that tracks. What books would you recommend for someone who's looking to heal their relationship with food and their body? And bonus, if you can give us a recommendation, that's like not the standard intuitive eating book. What's another book that yeah. you're really connected with? Totally. Um, so more than a body by Lindsay and Lexi kite, uh, your body is not an apology by Sonia Renee Taylor Atlas of the heart actually, which doesn't have anything to do with food in your body, but it does have to do with honoring our emotions with kindness, right? Brown, yep. yep. Queen Brene. Um, <laughs> 
those are the three that come to mind. I did just buy Fearing the Black Body, which I have not read yet. Um, that one, especially if you're motivated by um, ethnicity, like equity across ethnicities and race is going to be really, I think, powerful. Um, yeah, I think those those are my top. I actually send copies of most of those to my new clients. Oh, that's amazing. That's really amazing. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm going to jump on that list if we're talking about people who want to look into kind of the systemic racial patriarchal history behind all of these things. Anti-diet by Christy Harrison is like chef's kiss, like so good. Been on my um, list for sure. It's very good. Um, so we'll, we'll end with this question because I ask everybody, the podcast is called finally free. So for you, what does it mean to be finally free? Ooh, I think it means to be unshakable and unapologetic when showing up authentically and in ways that align with myself and my values and what feels good for me. I love that. I've never actually heard anybody say, like, answer that with the word unshakable. I love that. It's my favorite word to use with clients. I'm like, we're going to be unshakable. Let's oh, go. I love that. Okay. It's going to be in the show notes, but can people, where can people find you? I hang out on the gram a lot. That's my, I miss me with Facebook and TikTok. I have them, but please don't make me be on them. Instagram for sure. It's at Lara, L-A-R-A dot days, D-A-Y-S. That's where you'll find me. Awesome. And um, in the show notes, there is a link to uh, Freebie of Lara's, a short three-day activity that will give you the tools you need to begin tuning into what your body needs and what it's telling you so that you can finally have food freedom and freedom with your body. Lara, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Everybody follow her on the gram. She's there. Don't follow her on TikTok. <laughs> and <laughs> I see a lot of repeats. <laughs> I just repost all my Instagram stuff to TikTok. Oh, I don't think that's repeat. how you're supposed to do it, but I don't know. I'm an elder millennial. Like, I don't know how to do it. Same. Same. I tried. I failed. We're, we're scrapping it. It's fine. <laughs> this was so lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Alana. So that is it for today's episode. Seriously, of all the podcasts you can be listening to, I'm so honored that you took the time to listen to mine. I'm also so proud of you for taking this small step forward toward food and body freedom. If you like what you hear and you want to work with me as your coach, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call. That way I can hear your specific needs and set up a game plan for your success. I would also be so, so grateful if you could subscribe, follow, rate, and review this podcast so many more people who need help with dieting, body image, disordered eating, and fitness can find our message of freedom. Until next time. And just in case you forgot, this podcast is solely meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for the advice of a physician, dietitian, therapist, or other qualified medical professional.